the Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. Another episode of Rock and Roll American Football. My name's Jay Lawrence, just back from the New Orleans Saints-Minnesota Vikings game in London. Well, I say just back, it's been a couple of days, but still. Um, we're not going to talk about the scoreline, though. Uh, today, joined by Radio 1's Nels Hilton. Uh, Nels, Yo. nice of you to, uh, to join me today. How's it going? No, of course, man. Thank you for having me. It's always good to be here, always good to hang out. And yeah, just excited to talk, to talk some ball, man, for sure. Um, we'll just quickly start with you're a Seahawks fan, aren't you? So mm-hmm. if let's let's think of three words, Nels. Three words that you would describe the Seattle season so far. Uh I've got three words, absolutely. Don't need Russ. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best three words. The best absolutely. three words. And do you know what? I don't think there'd be many Seahawks fans or probably only Broncos fans that would disagree with you uh, mm-hmm. on that one. And and uh, you you say don't need Russ. Mm-hmm. How did you react when he got traded? Um. Well, this, see, this is my problem. So a lot of people are, are asking why I'm so mad or why I'm so upset, you know, um, with Russ. And I guess the, the main premise is he came out the week prior, the week prior to him being traded. I remember it clear as day. I went on, I, I got a notification on the NFL app on my phone and it said Russell Wilson wants to win more Super Bowls and he wants to win them in Seattle. That's mm. what he came out and said the week prior. And he has a no trade clause in his contract. So any trade that comes in, he can veto. And the trade for the Broncos comes in and he doesn't veto it. So clearly he wanted to go, which is a that which is in direct opposition of what he was saying the week prior. And now don't get me wrong, my team isn't perfect. The only thing that I'm mad about um with Pete Carroll this offseason is the way that they did Bobby Wagner. I think the way that they did Bobby Wagner was detestable. Mm. You know, cutting him um, over email, not even giving him a call. That, like, for a cornerstone franchise member, one of our captains, and he had the second most tackles in the league last year. Only second to um, Jordan Brooks, I think. Or it might have been the other way around. But basically, those two were the top two for tackles, you know, all year. I think the way that we did him was dirty. That's the only thing I've really got to be mad at Pete Carroll about. And don't get me wrong, he doesn't get everything right, but he is a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a Super Bowl and he built an elite defense to do it. And I think now what we're seeing at the Broncos, we're kind of seeing that Russell Wilson was maybe carried by that defense. And then maybe they were right. Maybe the Legion of Boom and Doug Baldwin and Marshall Lynch all have the, maybe they're all right about, you know, being mad at Russ for, what happened in Super Bowl Forty Nine? Maybe they're all correct about you know Russ and this nice guy, corny guy attitude. Mm. Who knows? Well, that's what I was going to bring up, though. That's the thing. Like you know, as much as you, you probably would still. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being putting words in your mouth, but you probably would rather have been never been traded. Maybe you don't have to say anything about that. But is there a part of you that's like, oh, at least the corny guy's gone? Can't be. I can't be dealing with the co- the cheesiness. Just oh. It's just too much for me. You know, I think for I think for Russell Wilson and for the Seattle Seahawks, the best chance of them winning a Super Bowl in the next five years was together. You know, yeah. I really I really do believe that. Um, now that he's gone, I think he will look back on this when his career's all said and done and say, I never left Seattle. And maybe I don't. I don't think Seattle will look back on this in in five ten years and be like, we should never have let him go because, you know, got rid of that massive contract. We can yep. start to build again. 
I think he needs to take a leaf out of, you know, the GOATs, but Tom Brady, these these sorts of guys that, you know, restructure their contracts to allow their teams to bring in some of the better players so they can make a run at the ball. You can't have it both ways. You can either have the massive contract or you can have, you know, the um you can have the massive contract or you can win a chip. And Patrick of course, Mahomes. and of course, you've got Geno Smith now as well. So do you know? And you, and you play. Well, you had him already, but you're playing him, and he's doing all right. I'm sure we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later on because I have a feeling that um, I've got a feeling that well, I'm going to bring him up if you're not mm-hmm. anyway. So I thought that today, what we'd do, mate, is we'll just go back and forth three things that we desperately want to talk about in the NFL, and we'll talk a little bit of London as well. We met. We, we we're going to have to talk a little bit mm-hmm. of London as the NFL returns uh, to the UK. Would you like to start us off? Yeah, okay, let's start off. Um, This one's for my fantasy boys and girls out there, the people that love to play fantasy football. Um, And I have to say, the number one ranked player from last year, Mr. Jonathan Taylor, is simply not cutting it. I've got him in one of my leagues. Mm -hmm. I think he scored one touchdown so far this year, you know? Um, with and with the depth that I have in that that league, he's 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 looking to be on my bench. Like I, I've generally got better running backs that I picked up in round five or round six that are putting up more consistent points than my man JT. So I, I don't know what's going on in in Indianapolis, but it's not good. Well, does that say more about the Colts than you think? You know, Jonathan Taylor specifically. People, I think, you know, we, we every off season we buy into certain teams don't we and Matt mm-hmm. Ryan he moved over to the Colts after Carson Wentz just slowly went downhill during last season people had a lot of uh, hope for for the team a lot of hope for Matt Ryan despite obviously they did beat the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago but that, they have been a disappointment haven't they the Colts in a very winnable AFC South and Jonathan Taylor is part of that yeah, see, for me, the, the way I see it with Jonathan Taylor, I think the Colts aren't doing good because Jonathan Taylor isn't putting the team on his back, which is so important. Especially, you know, like, you look at the Titans, they can turn to Derrick Henry. You look at the yeah. Panthers, they turn to CMC. Like, Jonathan Taylor essentially became that talisman for the Colts last season. And there was all this talk about him never missing a practice or anything like yeah. that. And he... he he, he did so well that he's, I've got to say, through four games, he's been a bit of a letdown, especially with, you know, an older quarterback like Matt Ryan. You need you need that mobility at running back. You need somebody that can catch a pass and somebody that can run out the backfield. And he's just not been good enough so far this year. So let's be honest, you're not going to drop him though, are you? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> drop him to waivers. No, uh, I mean, of course I, I not. He's can, gonna but... start. Well, he is actually injured. I mean, I know you mentioned a second ago that you know he hadn't. He'd never. He'd never missed a practice. Not mm. just in the pro leagues. You know, not just in professional football, but in college as well. I think it's even high school. Like he'd never missed a practice, yeah. uh, and he did miss a practice the other day. And he's got. He has avoided a, a serious ankle injury, so he might actually mm-hmm. need to put him on the bench if he isn't going to play uh, this coming weekend. The Colts are just the whole of the AFC South. To be honest, Derek Henry is a good example, really, is, isn't he? When you say mm-hmm. you know of that team, team that just sort of uh, can rely on their running backs, Jonathan Taylor. Um, it's not that you can't rely on him per se, but I think that you've seen Derek Henry do it. You've seen Christian McCaffrey do it over a span of years, despite CMC's injuries. What's Jonathan Taylor got to do to prove to you? Well, 
Listen, let me answer your first question, which I think was you're not gonna start him. You're not gonna drop him next week. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this league now. So the running backs I have: Jonathan Taylor. Then I picked up James Connor and Josh Jacobs, and I've also got um, Cordaro Patterson. Now we know Cordaro Patterson is is out for at least four games, right? He's been solid. He's been the one that's been picking me up. Um, I think next week I start James Connor and Josh Jacobs, and then I put Devonte Smith at flex because. You know, the Eagles are rolling. So I actually think Jonathan Taylor's on the bench for me next week in fantasy football. Um, what does he need to do to to get back up to speed? I think he's got a decent offensive line. You know, the Colts have had Nelson for years. He's been a great, like, he's one of the smartest players to play um, football. Like, that that centre guard combination is, is nothing short of magnificent. I just think they need to, to give him the ball more. They need to feed him more. It's kind of like a Zeke scenario. You, you keep running into that gap, you might get blocked five times, but a sixth time you might break through for a 20, 30, 40-yard run that could end up in a touchdown. And he's proven so, he can do it as well. Exactly. So I think you need to keep giving him the ball, keep feeding the beast, and eventually it will it will pay off. Um, Let's go to my first one then next, and it's going to be one that I'm sure that you can pitch in on, and it is all to do with... Uh, the London game, well, just London in general, um, and the NFL. Look, I this is this is this is the sentence that I've written down. Okay, I don't think that London will ever have a franchise, but the fan power is one hundred percent there. Now, I don't think it, I think that the NFL probably has has moved on from thinking that the London could be a potential franchise. You never know, it might be in the future, but the focus is now on expanding internationally and spreading out those those games. You've seen mm-hmm. it with games in Germany, there's games in Mexico. You know, it might be even that there'll be, you know, look on looks to go to even Australia somewhere like that. The fan power is 100% there. Now we know this because, you know, it has increased over the last uh what 15 years. I think the games mm-hmm. have been going on in London, but the the thing that I want to bring up specifically is that I was so used to, for years and years, going to the um, going to see the NFL in London, and there'll be people with you know every single you know thirty two different jerseys, which mm-hmm. is true, yeah, which is one hundred percent true. Still is true. You still do see that. But this is the game that I went to. The game that I went to the Viking Saints games by far out of all the ones I'd ever been to. I saw the most Viking fans and the most Saints fans. You, it just proves that yes, that there, you know, there's people who support all these different teams and want to go see the NFL, but there are a lot of people that support each team that will go to these games. London has that fan power. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you in the sense that London definitely has the fan power for more NFL games, but I also agree in the fact that I don't think we will see a London franchise. I do think that ship has sailed, although... Some people could argue that, you know, there maybe is a chance for, you know, um, a London franchise considering the official NFL Academy is based here in London. You know, uh, like the British American football is thriving. There's never been more exports than there are right now from the British game into um, the American game. You know, F.A. Abada, um, Bamadeli Oleseni, who's playing for the Raiders right now, um, both two great British exports. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think we will see a London franchise. I think that ship has sailed, um, you know, with the Jags. I think the problem was 
I mean, maybe this is a bit superficial, but the problem was, one, they didn't have a stadium. Like, they could have used the Tottenham Stadium. If the Tottenham Stadium was built, I think it would have gone through. I don't think buying Wembley was the right choice mm. um, or trying to buy Wembley was the right choice. And the second thing is, like, if the Jaguars were more successful when that bid was trying to go through, I think we would have had a had a better chance um, do you think that if, if Shad Khan, the, the the owner of the Jaguars, owner of Fulham as well, obviously, mm-hmm. do you think that if he'd bought Wembley, we'd be sitting here in 2022 talking about, you know, the fact that Jags are going to move in a year or, or two or whatever? Absolutely. I think if he, you if really? he purchased Wembley, cause th- that, that would have been it. He's got all the infrastructure. That, mm. I think the only thing they'd need after, other than that is a training ground. Which is, yeah. which is, you know, an investment, but is not the... But then mm-hmm. they have to get every every uh, they have to get every single owner on board with it. I believe. I think that that's how that would work. Well, that this, there would be a vote that had to go through. This is the thing. This is what I think you would do if you had a if you had a London franchise. What you would do, uh, like you could split them between London and um, Jacksonville. Ja- Jacksonville. So what I would do is I would have them play however many home games. I'd have them play in a row at home in London, right? Mm. Then they have their bye week. Then they relocate after their bye week to the US and their their base in the US is Jacksonville. That's where they train. That's where they stay. You know, that's where they do their stuff. And then they fly away for their away games. So it could work like that. And then the teams that you're sending over to London logistically, I think what you got to do, they can play any time between Thursday and I think like, the lates on Sundays or what we would consider a late on Sunday. But what's most important is the week, the week following they don't play again until Monday to give them a chance to recover from jet lag. Just, yeah. What give them that Monday night football. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that would be something that I would a hundred percent have to look into. And I, and I've heard that idea about, you know, half in, in London, half in, you know, Jacksonville, uh, or wherever, but then the playoffs come. Like, where are the playoffs? Do mm-hmm. the playoffs just, are they still in London? You know, I don't imagine that Jacksonville is going to be the whole city going to be particularly happy about that. I mean, it doesn't have to be Jacksonville, but you know, mm-hmm. just for I don't know. I, I feel like that makes it makes logistical sense, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much fans would be behind it outside I, of London. And then would I London do, fans just change their team? You know? Yeah, I mean. I don't know if they'd change their team, but you, you know what? I will say that we're not too far away from. I like you can kind of get these already in terms of London season tickets, but I I think we're not too far away of having a six or eight game London season ticket where you get to see all the games, like six or eight games played in London every mm. year, which I would be on board for because I'm very selfish. But um. I would be surprised if they did that only because I think they're more likely to have two in London, two in Munich or wherever in, in Germany, you know, mm-hmm. and then they'll they'll spread them out a little bit more. They'll have more in Mexico. They'll have, you know, as I say, I think somebody, maybe I'm making this up, but I swear I heard Australia mentioned. But that said, that would be a, I mean, they, they worry about jet lag to the UK, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would be surprised. However, I would love it. Mm, I mean, that'd be, that'd be, be me sorted. I think it'd be great. <laughs> you know, like, I think we've proven time and time again that the UK has some of the best fans of this sport in the world. Um, and I think it's about time we get more games. And this is the thing. I know I know what you say about fans um, complaining. I even had an argument with a Seahawks fan about this on Twitter. 
because they were in contention to play one of the London games. Yeah. And um, they were saying something to one of the reporters about thanks for rooting against us. And it was like, mate, you're getting an extra home game this year because the NFL now has an extra week. So really and truly, you're not uh, losing anything. So what you're saying, yeah. yeah, like every team could still have eight home games, eight away games and like an international game. Yeah, I see it's, what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's doable. That is doable. That, like so, any, what, so what you're saying then is, mm, maybe this is the good. Maybe this is a very good point actually from you, Nels. Is that they that every team has to do an inter- at some point. This isn't going to happen in the next few years, but mm-hmm. at some point, would do with the fact it's 17 games. Would have to have one of those games. Yeah, eight home games, eight away games. Oh, I love it. And then Nels, um, that, is, that that is a great idea. So that's 16 international games a year, right? Oh, I like it a lot. I think it is. It's 16 international games a year. And then you've got the you've got the potential for to spread them. You could have one game every single week internationally. Yeah. In a different sure. place. Oh, I, I want to stop the podcast now because I feel like <laughs> that's, just, that's just ended on a high. I'd never even contemplated that. That is such a good idea. Oh, I love it. Um I'm saying okay. if, they, if they've got any jobs going, listen, I'm around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, logistical jobs. Yeah. But, right, this is what you do, guys. <laughs> I'm around. I'm around. <laughs> um, okay, right. So, uh, yeah. So, g- give me another one. Give me something else you want to talk about. Um. Okay. Jalen Hurts, who has been on fire so far for the Philadelphia Eagles, the only unbeaten team left in the NFL, um, is the front runner for the MVP award right now. I don't think that that's a controversial take, to be honest mm. with you, mate. I don't know if it would have been a controversial maybe a month ago. I could see how it could have happened. But what's happened is this is a perfect example, isn't it, of a team elevating their quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. not to say he's not, a, you know, he's not elevating his team as well, but by by increasing the quality around him, mm-hmm. he's been able to sort of show his worth, hasn't he, on the ground and through the air. And he's a great runner. Yeah. I think what people forget to realize about Jalen Hurts is the fact that, you know, he was a starting quarterback at Bama. He people like like to say that he lost that starting job to Tua Tonga Bailoa. Now, I don't think he necessarily lost the starting job to Tua Tonga Bailoa, but like, okay, you can say he lost the starting job to Tua, but <laughs> I, I'm trying I'm trying to make sense of what I'm saying here. So you yeah, can yeah, say yeah. That, that he lost the starting job to Tua, but in, in that national championship game against Georgia. But Jalen Hurts got them there. Do you sure. know what I mean? Like he played lights out throughout that whole year. And then when he went to Oklahoma, he also played lights out and even brought Oklahoma to their first college football playoff in quite a while. And they haven't been able to replicate that success. So he's he's always been a, a great prospect. I think he was an absolute steal going to the Eagles in the second round. And since then, he's just proven time and time again that he can hang with the best of them. Let me just read you the 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 odds, or I'll read you the the quarterbacks that are ahead of, or the players even that are ahead of uh, Jalen Hurts in the mm-hmm. odds right now for MVP. And you can just give me um, your thoughts on each one of them. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Hurts is the fourth favorite as it stands after Week Four, right? Mm-hmm. Above Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson. I'm not mad at that at all. I think LJ's, he's trying to prove himself. It's his contract's here. He built on himself. So I'm, I'm not mad at that. I can see one of those two picking it up. 
than Patrick Mahomes. Again, not mad at that. He's three and one. Um, he's a tried and tried and tested Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback. So again, I'm not mad at it. I, I can see him definitely in the mix there. And do you want to guess who number one is? It's got to be Tom Brady, right? No, 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 no. It's definitely Aaron not Rogers. Tom Brady. No, 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 no. Derrick Henry. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll give you one more guess. He's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. Yeah, come on, you're gonna kick yourself. He's a quarterback that's not ahead of that's not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, no. and it's not Derek Henry. He's a quarterback. Uh Josh Allen. Okay. I mean, do you know what? The way that those Bills have been playing, I'm not entirely sure. Like that mm. that, that that fiasco in Miami was something. Well, yeah, but would you put any of that? I mean, Josh, you know, he should he should have been aware. He should have been aware and got his boys up to the line okay. to to spike the ball. There was no game awareness from um, Josh Allen, and he paid for it. Just looking at some stats now. So Josh Allen, uh, just over twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns, three interceptions, and uh, Jalen Hurts one thousand. Could this be right? One thousand one hundred twenty yards. Four, t- four touchdowns, two interceptions. This, that can't be right. Uh, is, that, is that maybe it's four, that's maybe that's four touchdowns thrown because he's definitely run. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah. A that, few would, that, as well. that would be that would be yeah passing. Um, I don't know. I think that Josh Allen. I don't know if he's favorite at this point. I think you're probably right, Jalen Hurts. It's got to be one of the favorites. Um. But I could easily see it. We're still early. We're still early. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's just because I know what you're going to do for your for, for your number three. So we'll just we'll we'll talk about it as a whole, looking ahead to London this mm-hmm. uh, this week, where it's the Green Bay Packers facing the New York Giants. But you've got a bit of a uh, controversial take on this, right? Yes. Yeah, so I think. That you know the Giants have been doing pretty well this season so far. They've done a sterling job to get where they are um, in the league, and you know they won games that I thought they wouldn't have. I didn't think they'd beat Tennessee, but they did. And I think this week in Green Bay is the turning point for the New York Giants. I think they start struggling after this game. I don't think they've got the legs to go to full seventeen games, keeping up with the performances they do. I think Daniel Jones. He um he picked up an injury knock in their last game over this weekend, and I think that will, you know, start to play against the Giants. Um, Saquon Barkley, we know he's injury prone, and the rest of the team mm. isn't as tried and tested as some of the other thirty-one teams in the NFL. So, I think they're going to be struggling for sure. I absolutely misheard you when you told me about it earlier. I thought you said that the Green Bay Packers were going to struggle, and I no, thought that no, no, was controversial. No, no. I was nah, like, nah, I was nah, like, whoa, nah. okay, that is a controversial take. I think you're right, though, in regards to. I mean, you bring up Daniel Jones there. It might, it might be that he doesn't play, and it might be that their number two, Terod Taylor, he's in concussion protocol. It might be mm-hmm. that he doesn't play, which means for the second week running, we don't get a starting quarterback in London. Mm-hmm. It might be that Davis Webb might start for the New York Giants. If Davis Webb starts for the Giants, how much of a game is this against the Packers? I mean, I wouldn't say it's so much of a game, I'd say. Well, I mean, I'd say it's more of like, I think that the the reason everybody's going this weekend, don't get me wrong, the Giants are great and a cornerstone team of the NFL, but I feel like the reason everybody's going this weekend 
is to see the Packers finally yeah. come to London. It's the first yeah. time. There's going to be swathes of Green Bay fans in um, in in um, in um, Tottenham. But, you know, you look at the Giants' next three games after Green Bay, they've got the Ravens, which I definitely don't see them winning. They've got the Jaguars, who are kind of in form at the moment. I don't see them winning that. And then Week 8 against the Seattle Seahawks in Gina, we trust. They're definitely not winning that. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's it's kind of a hard running for them. So you think that they've the three and one at the moment, and I think that even the the biggest Giants fan would put, would say that three and one absolutely flatters them. Do you think that it's quite conceivable that they'll be three and four in uh, after the next three games? I think by their bye week in week nine, they will be three and five. Okay, mm-hmm. you're thinking a big losing run. Yeah, um, I think they lose the next four games. I've got to say, though, I'm quite excited to, and I'm quite excited to go to the game this weekend. And I'm, and for the exact reason that you said for the Green Bay Packers to be in London, and more than anything else, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's going to be quite fun to go and see Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's you know, you, you to get to see one of the best quarterbacks of all time um, is always a treat, even if it is against a depleted New York Giants team. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't anticipate this being quite as close as the game. Um, in London last week, but the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say, is that Aaron Rodgers faced a third-string quarterback this weekend with the New England Patriots, and they only just won. Uh, the guy's name I, is, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's got a funny name, Bailey Zappi or Bailey Zapp. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, so maybe, maybe there's still chance if David Webb, uh, Davis Webb starts, there's still a chance that Aaron Rodgers. Might not quite get it done, maybe. I, I mean, think- his, re- his receiving core has not been up to scratch compared to previous years. Obviously, Devontae Adams not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily put it all on Rodgers, you know. I think you're absolutely right. You're, you're spot on. The, the receiving core hasn't been great. The, the guy that's kind of been like standing out for me has been Romeo Dubs. Hmm. I believe he was a fourth or fifth round pick. Um, in the draft last year, coming from North Dakota State University. And he's, you know, been one of the guys that he can kind of go to a bit more consistently than the others. But you're absolutely right. He doesn't have that Devontae Adams. He doesn't have that old reliable guy that he can go to. But I think most of all, what we can expect is in London, it will always be a game. It it doesn't matter who it is. It will always be a game and it will always be very interesting to see who comes out on top when when, um, when Sunday rolls around. Nels, we've got to that point in the show where we need to do the NFL awards for week four. So basically, I give you a bunch of awards that uh, I made up at the, uh, not really thinking too much about it earlier on today. Now, your answer can be relating to week four. It can be relating to the season as a whole. You just need to explain why. Are you ready? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Okay. NFL awards week four is go. The villain of the week goes to... For me, the villain of the week absolutely has to go to the Dolphins front office for sending Tua Tonga-Vailoa out there on Thursday afternoon. Um, I think it was the wrong decision. Clearly hadn't recovered. Um, I think that the neuro, the neuroscientist, I think they said, or the, the neuroclinician that was looking after Tua Tonga-Vailoa has actually lost their job. For not doing their um, protocol right and not actually checking him out right and I think 
yeah, the whole Dolph- the the whole Dolphins front office has to take a serious look at themselves for prioritizing winning over their franchise quarterback's health. The oh man, I wish I picked that person up in fantasy award. Oh, uh, you know that's a good one. Hmm. I think if you don't have him in your league, I had him in my league, so I was laughing. Um, T.J. Hawkinson. You know, in in that dolphin in the dolphins in that lions in that lions and seahawks game, it was a shootout. I think um, you know seahawks put up forty points, lions put up near enough that, um, and whilst they did that, Amon Ra sent Brown was out, um, and so was DeAndre Swift. So the 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 lions were kind of um, a bit thin when it came to you know targets, but T.J. Hawkinson put up thirty nine. Point nine points, eight receptions, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, if you didn't pick him up and he was available in your league, you are not happy for sure. The down but not out award. Down but not out award. Do you know what? I'm going to give it to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, coming off a tough loss against the Buffalo Bills, I think they played really well. I think they were unlucky to lose that game as um, this week. You know, Lamar Jackson throwing two picks. It's not like him, but the way that they've been playing and the way that they've been moving the ball makes you think we will see the um, the Ravens get a deep playoff run this year and they could very well be in contention for the championship come February. I mean, I was going to give it to Geno Smith's career, but yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's a good answer. <laughs> the Friday Night Lights Award for most inspirational team or player or coach. I'm going to go with Tyreek Kill this week because of the way after, you know, his teammate and his quarterback went down with injury, he still put a great, even though it was a loose performance, a great performance um, up against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, coming away with 10 receptions for 160 yards, still proving that, you know, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback, he's a reliable person to throw to, he's a reliable person to pass the ball to, and... Yeah, I think he I think he um, did a great job. So yeah, I've got to give it to Terry Kill this week. And finally, the No Fun League award goes to I've got to give it to even even though it ended in dramatic fashion, I've got to give it to the matchmakers that um, matchmake the London games each and every year. Because okay. they really try. I feel like for the most part, they really try and give us dud games that no one wants to go to. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not taking shots at the Saints or the Vikings. Fans, yeah, come I mean, on. Do I'm you know what I mean? Ready. Why don't we get like a prime Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs? We both know these teams are probably going to go to the playoffs. Both know they're going to be great. We've got two stud quarters. Why can't we get a game like that at some point during the year? So I've got to give it to those guys. They try and ship out probably the least appealing games that they think, oh, these games won't make money over in the US, but they'll make money in the UK and send them that way. So so your dream, uh, Seahawks aside, your dream uh, matchup next year in London is what? Next year in London? It's hard to say because, you know, we don't know where teams are right now. But I'd say if, if they keep Lamar Jackson, I'd like to say maybe the yes. Baltimore Ravens. Um, If they're playing, you know, either a Kansas City Chiefs or a Cincinnati Bengals, that's always going to be a good game. You know, Ravens, Bengals, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, you know, all, all these guys. Like, it's, it's going to be a great game. So I definitely think that would be very interesting. And even... 
you know, if even if because I know we get the Jaguars a lot, even giving them a divisional matchup over here mm. could be quite interesting. I think it was Jags Colts last year, actually. I believe uh, I think last I year to... it was um, Jags Dolphins. I can't remember. Was it really? It was Jags Dolphins. Yes, it, it was. was Trevor Lawrence's first win. Yes, it was. I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell you what, that that idea of yours, I think, is a good idea, and you can pitch it to them after you pitch your idea of one international game for every single team uh, <laughs> going around the world. Sure. So you know, this your logistics job is or is just waiting for you, Nels. To mm-hmm. be fair, absolutely. Uh, mate, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. It's always been good to, you know, hang out and yeah, love to do it. Um, lastly, last thing, last thing. Seahawks, Saints, my Saints, your Seahawks, they play this weekend. What's the score this weekend? Is Jameis Winston back? Uh, n- I don't it's 50-50. It's 50-50. Okay. If he's, I, you know, I don't think it matters whether he's back or not because you guys have got so many injuries, but then we've got some pretty big injuries as well. You know, Jamal Adams out for the season. I don't know when Michael Thomas is coming back for you guys. Um, I think there's going to be some holes in defence on both sides. So I'm, I'm going to say 28 to 23 Seattle. I got about my boys. I'm sorry. And you will never be invited back. <laughs> uh, what do you reckon? Um, I think the Saints got it. I think, you know, at home, I think that they'll be able to get some points on the board. I think that they might, I think Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara will be back. I'm hoping about, I'm hoping the opposite. What did you say? 28-23? 28-23. Yeah, I'm saying 28-23, but the other way around. Okay, sure. <laughs> so whatever happens, you know, 28-23 we're hoping for. Mm. Now, thank you so much. No worries. Cheers, mate. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.